Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Good day in church today. I believe it. And if you're watching online, welcome to Macquarie Life Church. We're glad you've joined us. And we hope you're going to have a, a blessed day in the house with us today. We're starting a new series today called The Anatomy of Faith, Hebrews 11. And over the the next few months, we're going to go through Hebrews 11. And what I'm doing today is setting a bit of an intro platform foundation, quite broad, to lay a good foundation. The word for this year is faith. 2022, the year faith. We're going to live by faith. And so, I might uh, get deep quite quickly and uh, just, you know, look at a few definitions, but then I want to unpack to you in layman's terms, what is faith? Because I don't know about you, you know, I've probably been a Christian, I don't know, 30, 35 odd years, and faith has always been this thing, hasn't it? This complicated topic. And for me, really just the last two weeks, the Holy Spirit's just downloaded simplicity for me that I've never, you know, it's just, wow, how good is God? And so what I'm going to try and do today is to share with you what I believe the Holy Spirit's impressing on us, what is faith? So I've entitled this message, Bottom Line, What Is It? Don't give me woulda, coulda, shoulda's. Just tell me, what is it plain so that I can understand and cooperate with it if I so choose? And so at the end, I'm hoping there's a precious pull waiting for you as we peel off the layers. You know, like Roz said last week, we're deconstructing all these things. It's a really important topic. And I believe it's, it's one of the devil's main aims is to attack your faith to negate and nullify the relevance and person of Jesus Christ in your life. There's a lot to cover, so I need to stay on topic. So let's get into it. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Four words that I want to just quickly dig into And look at the root explanations from our concordance. First one is faith. Now faith. And in the Greek, the root words are credence, credibility, belief, value, weight, authority, trust, yielding, make friend. Keep that one for later. And truth itself. The next one, now faith is confidence, confidence, assurance, foundational support, or argument. Hope. Hope comes from the root word imagination. The act or power of forming a mental image or a picture of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. I.e., it's the blueprints 
of our hopes and dreams, the desires that God puts in our hearts. And the last one, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we don't see. Assurance only used once in the New Testament in this passage. It means conviction, convinced and proof. It's used six times in the Old Testament that is scribe, document, scroll, or book, his word. So, you know when you're trying to pour fuel into a car with a jerry can, you need a funnel, otherwise it's a big mess. And so I thought we can use a funnel to take these concepts that I've just read out to you to its lowest common denominator. What does it mean? So let's start. Faith is confidence in my hopes and dreams. And there'll come a little thing up on the screen, I think, with a PowerPoint if, uh, if they can get there. It's on. Faith is confidence in my hopes and dreams. Well, it doesn't sound very spiritual, does it? It sounds very fleshy, like, say, to me, my, my dreams. Well, let's dig a bit deeper. Where do my dreams and hopes come from? From God. Where do we find His perfect hopes and dreams? In His Word. So let's go deeper. Faith is the confidence I have in the Word of God, in His Word. And then John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh. Who's that? Jesus. Jesus is the Word, isn't it? The Word made flesh. So if we go down the next level, faith is confidence and trust in Jesus Christ and His kingdom. And for me, that is the total sum of faith. It's not some power, if you think really hard, to make things happen. Faith is confidence in Jesus Christ and what He achieved on the cross. Not about what we can do. We just cooperate with what He has already done. And so if we look at the whole of verse 1, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not adding to the Bible. This is my interpretation. Faith, the foundation of our spirituality, the authority of what we believe, is based upon the confidence and trust we have in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word made flesh, where we are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt there's a spiritual dimension that we don't see. Now, that was quick, wasn't it? We went deep quite quick. And so, like I said, for the rest of this message, I want to unpack that. What does that mean in our lives? Because we can use these words interchangeably in the Bible. And as soon as you get it, doesn't matter which story it is that talks about faith, where Jesus talked to his disciples after the storm in the boat. Why didn't you have any faith, he said. Well, you can use the word trust. Why didn't you have confidence in me and my kingdom, in my love for you? Let's go on. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And it affirms, verse 1, 
so that we understand everything visible comes from the spiritual realm. Everything in the natural or the physical realm has a spiritual origin. Verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. God exists. And because he exists, he proved it to us. And with our trust and belief in Jesus Christ and God, it is impossible to please him. So in this passage, I believe, subtly, he's given us three proofs that he exists. The first one, creation and the universe. Number two, his word, Old Testament predominantly spoken. Then they have the Torah. For us, the written word of God. And number three, Jesus Christ, the specific revelation, the word made flesh. And so there's no other evidence required for us to believe that God exists. And you know what? No other evidence will ever be sufficient to make you believe in God. He's already given us evidence, and it's now up to us to choose. If you remember the story about Lazarus, the slave that went to Abram's bosom, and the rich man that died and went to Hades, and he cried out to Abram, and he said, please go and tell people that I am real. And he said, no. Abraham said, if they didn't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't believe it even if someone is raised from the dead. And so through creation, we sense God, and God has already given you every single thing you need to believe in him. Romans 1. For since creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. This scripture says God reveals himself to us through creation. If you look at creation, the ocean, mountains, a newborn baby, Insects, bees, mosquitoes. You know what? I found out this week there is a purpose for mosquitoes. They actually, like bees, pollinate. Didn't know that until this week. But if you look at creation, it's shouting at us. God's saying, I'm real. I'm real. And as we get drawn into creation, he starts drawing us closer to him. And the enemy would rather get us fixated on technology and inside our homes than us going outside and seeing God for who he is. So I want to encourage you, when you leave church today, go to the beach, go to the lake, go and see God rather than just rushing home, sitting inside. 
And so the more decisions we make to follow God, the more he draws us closer step by step. Unfortunately, that verse also says the more we choose not to follow him, that yearning we have inside just becomes dim, dimmer and dimmer. And so he rewards those who seek him. And I believe the biggest reward we can have is an intimate relationship with him. Everything else is incidental. The car, the house, the marriage, the kids, the career. To be known intimately by God. And we, we sometimes normalize Jesus because we hear it so often. Jesus is the ultimate name drop. The creator, the God, the son of God is interested in you personally. So I'm going to use these three steps or three evidence that God gave us just to illustrate the steps of our faith journey. And so each, each step requires faith. But God's already given every person the measure of faith. And that's why I'm saying we just use to choose to yield to what God's already given us, to choose him or go down a different path. So stage one, I call this faith stations too. Along the way, along the journey, marathon runners, they get, you know, drink stations to help them along the way. And so these can be seen like that as well. And we all have different journeys. There's no linear progression in these. But in my life, it has been the case how I've been drawn in different times. So stage one, the light of creation. And God calls us through creation. We start asking questions. God, are you real? Are you real? And maybe before you know God, certainly in my life again, you know, when you're parting it up, and people go to someone's home and you start talking in the late midnight hours. Where do all conversations end up? God, the purpose of life, religion. And so this is the step, if you yield to it, that draws us to the next step, the Word. We start going to church, we read the Bible. And this, all of a sudden, there's a sense of purpose again. All those dreams that got shelved get dusted off to, again. Which brings us to stage three, specific revelation about Jesus Christ. Because up there is generic God. But as we get to know him and we read his word, he reveals himself to us personally. That he is God. We start praying to him. We get drawn deeper into him. But don't stop there because there's a next step of intimacy. But if we stop there, it sometimes just become head knowledge, doesn't it? Academia. Some Christians that you might have met, maybe they've got a harsh spirit. They've never let God tenderize their hearts. And at this stage, some of us sometimes might need to be confronted with the harsh realities of what has happened in our past. Because there's a stirring 
Maybe there's been trauma or abuse or something in our lives that we need to deal with. But if you stay on track and you allow God to tenderize your heart, He will work with you and help you process those things and move into a deeper relationship with Him. So that in the end you can say, just like Joseph, you or the devil meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Ultimately, it wasn't his will, but he allowed it. And this is where the trust comes in. And the next stage, the intimate relationship with God. This is where we sense his love and we become, we feel like a child. It's no longer arm's length transactional. We feel like we're family. We get to know him. We sense him. And remember, right in the beginning, when I used that term faith, make friend, where Jesus said, now I don't call you slaves anymore, but because I call you friend. Intimacy with God, and it's reciprocated. And the whole purpose of faith is to move you into an intimate relationship with God until you become his friend. And these stages aren't time-bound. We can move between them at any given day, depending how our thoughts are processing or what happens in our lives. And that's why once you understand that, you know the flesh or our earthly experiences try and dictate for the natural to dominate over the spiritual. And every day we choose to live by faith. And this is where I wanted to get to, the pearl I was talking about earlier. To operate in faith, we choose every day to believe that although God is so magnificent and majestic and powerful, He's interested in me personally and in you personally. And bottom line, faith is confidence and trust that Jesus loves me. Maybe I can say it this way to you. It's easy to have faith for others. I'll pray for you. I believe God for a miracle for you. Because you and God are, are tight. Because I don't know what goes on in your life. I don't see what you struggle with. I just see you here on a Sunday. So I think you are awesome with God. He loves doing things for you. But for me, you don't know what I go through. You don't see my heart. You don't see the struggles. And so it's hard. Faith is hard on a personal level because when you go to bed at night, it's just you and God. It's not you and your family. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a pimp. It's a level playing field. Because in that moment, when we go to bed, we choose, God, I believe your love for me, or I choose to disbelieve and doubt. And so the hardest thing about operating in faith is believing that His awesome love and benevolence is also available and purpose for me in an unfiltered and undiluted way. Faith is that Jesus loves and cares for me every second of every day. And it doesn't change. 
And he made a promise. He will never leave you or forsake you. Never leave you or forsake you. We can hold fast on that promise. Because faith is resting in what Jesus has done. And because he's a father, if you have children, you know. It doesn't matter if the kid is being but annoying sometimes. You'll still feed them and clothe them and love them no matter what. And that's why we can have faith in God that he's all-powerful. But at the same time, we can have doubt that he's willing to be all of that in my personal life. Faith is a choice. We choose to believe in him, ultimately because he is passionately and intimately in love with you. He died for you on the cross to prove his love for you. He's got runs on the board. Has Jesus ever told a lie? Has, has God ever told a fib? Can he lie? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of our personal life experiences sometimes, we struggle to trust. And maybe, maybe your capacity to trust God relates to how you trust in this world because of life experiences. I want to tell you today, you can choose God. You can trust Him with everything that you've got. He's never been late. He's got a pretty impeccable CV. He will never leave you nor forsake you no matter what storms of life come your way. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. You are a good God. And you draw us. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter where we are in life or our faith journey. But you draw us closer. So right now I pray for people here this morning who've maybe never made a decision to trust you fully, to make you their Lord and Savior of their lives. And in this moment when every head's bowed and eye closed, I want to talk to someone here this morning. You know he's real today. You're just going to say, no more excuses. I choose to believe in God. And if it's, that's you this morning, just want you to raise your hand and say, yes, I'm coming to God. No more excuses. Today is the day I'm starting that journey. And there's another group here this morning I want to pray for. You maybe struggle with your trust. You're struggling because of what's happening in the last few years. You're struggling what's happening in your life. You're struggling to trust and have confidence in Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to say, Lord, we trust you. We trust you.
We believe you're good. You're going to be there for us. We don't have to worry. We can rest in your word and your promises. And we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.